スロットンシュはい。
So now I'm hitting all of them playing for my first time. So, so it's kind of like D&D, <laughs> but not. I mean, it's kind of like D&D, except you're beating the snot out of the other player. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Cool. Well, you're coming up in my feed and I'm seeing the stuff that you're doing with uh, 40K yeah. stuff. So it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of fun. What, what about you, Dave? What have you been up to in the world of Dave? Well... Yeah, I just pulled a bunch of, you know, birthday Christmas money into a bunch of new games for the Switch. Oh, nice. Uh, finally picked up Link's Awakening, and I'm really liking it. Um, I've heard really good things about it. plays just like the Game Boy game, but, you know, with a new paint job and a few, like, quality of life features. But, um, but yeah, no, it's essentially, it's the same game, and it's got the same charm. It's such a simple formula versus, like, something like Breath of the Wild, but it's cool. Did you ever play the original on Game Boy? Yeah, absolutely. Like I played it on regular Game Boy Color, Game Boy Color. <laughs> you know, I've played it quite a bit. So yeah, by comparison, it's uh, hit me in the same feels. I've got, uh, let's see, just to round up real quick, I uh, just got the Capcom Fighters collection. That's awesome. Nice. L- loving the Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. Uh, or Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. Mm. And then, of course, the Dark Stalker stuff, the Red Earth, all that stuff. Uh, really, really well done. Um, a few others that we picked. Oh, I picked up the Yu-Gi-Oh! The, the Duelists. Uh, oh, Le- cool. Legend of the Duelists. Uh, haven't got too much into that yet because it is pretty bare bones. Like, it just drops you right into... I was trying to get into it. It just like drops you right into the card game. And that's game. like a simulation of the card game too. Like, uh... Yeah. And I don't know. Like that's the thing is I don't know anything about the card game. So I'm going to have to like, it'll be, you know, ground up for me. But... It's pretty fun. Hey, maybe once you get good at it, I can teach you how to play magic and do some commanders. Come over here and play some commander. So is it, if you know Yu-Gi-Oh, you can kind of get into magic from there? Is a little bit. Saying, Yu-Gi-Oh actually, the Duel of Monsters is technically was a parody of uh, Magic the Gathering. It's the same thing, like, you know, you draw cards, you have a graveyard, you have an exile pile, you have uh, creatures and monsters that battle each other, you have, like, instant trap cards or spell cards or sorcery cards. Interesting. So it's very similar in its nature. The only thing, though, is that there's not, everything's face up and played instantly, so everything's in the hand. Oh. It's a bit different, but, like, as somebody that played tournament level Yu-Gi-Oh! back in the day. Yeah. It wasn't that hard to pick up. The only thing that was kind of weird is doing the whole mana thing. Mm. Uh, but vastly, I, I like it because it, it has the feel of classic Yu-Gi-Oh! It's not like crazy like the chain uh, summoning or the special summoning, the weird summoning the level monsters. Right, right, yeah. This for the most part, okay, you just play the monsters and you fight them and do the spell cards to kill things. So, mm-hmm. But it's pretty fun. Yeah, I also picked up Cuphead. And I picked up, uh, and it comes with like the DLC. I picked up uh, a bunch of other stuff too. But Brilliant Diamond, Jesse's been playing that. Oh, I got, I got Let's Go, uh, Let's Go Pikachu. Oh, nice. I'm loving Let's Go Pikachu. I mean, it's basically like playing Pokemon Yellow. That was pretty fun. But it's got like the kind of like the Pokemon Go thing tied into it. I kind of went backwards. We got Arceus, and we got all the newer games. We got Sword Shield, Arceus, all the, and then I kind of went backwards, and I'm actually really enjoying Let's Go Pikachu. Um, and Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive. Now I own that on three consoles. I own it on the Wii, on the 3DS, 3DS and, and on the Switch. Same here now. <laughs> Same? Yeah. Yeah, because I got it on the Wii, like during the, the big thing. Project Rainfall. Yeah, I got it on the 3DS, the 3DS version. New 3DS. Then I got the Switch one for Christmas one year. So Yeah, that's funny. And I've beaten none versions of it, so. It's a long game. I, I like the, the Switch version, but I think I kind of, people are probably not going to agree with this, but I kind of like the, the Wii version 
for the standard def on like a CRT for some reason. I also like yeah. they they changed the facial animations. Arguably made them better. They made them more anime, you know, on the on the Switch version. Yeah. Uh, obviously because it's high def. But I don't know. There's just I, I kind of got you I got so used to the faces of the characters. The jagginess. The jagginess of the faces. Is that funny? It's good. I, I've heard a lot of people do that. Yeah. Especially like on yeah. the it's just that none of the bodies have changed. None of the other stuff has changed. It's just the faces. So it's like you got these janky looking bodies where they've literally just like upscaled it, but then the faces are like really HD animated so it's kind of interesting but it's funny it reminds me of the final fantasy 10 remake where it's like all the main characters are mm-hmm. like are like nice and looking good and everyone else just like a jagged mess of people yeah it's, it's kind of funny how they they do that the switch is kind of daunting it's just there's so many games there's just no way and in, in terms of like a backlog or in terms of like going back and i'm trying to avoid most of like the remakes and stuff like that but there's a lot of good remakes on there too, or re-releases, but it's just going through a checklist of stuff I want for Switch. I'm just like, uh, there's so much stuff here. I got to kind of yeah. pace myself, but yeah. So anyway, Jesse and I have been enjoying that and, and getting getting ready to go cold camping <laughs> this weekend. No, I'm good, fam. You guys have fun with that. I'm going I'm to stay inside. It's It's been so cold in Phoenix. It's been like 50 degrees. Yeah. It's like, I think it's like 40 degrees right now. It's been... Icebox. It's like, yeah, like I can't, I can't even go outside the prime figurines. It's so cold. Yeah, you're in the desert. There's so like cold. no atmosphere. It's just my hands are like lizard hands. Like they're so yeah. dry. And here it's here it's kind of cold and humid, uh, yeah. which is equally bad. Um, but speaking of good games on Switch, uh, I'm desperately trying for a segue. But speaking of good games on Switch, speaking of the fighting collection, you mentioned the fighting I collection. Did, speaking I of did. that, speaking of, and Capcom, I wonder why we're talking about another console that has almost all killer and hardly any filler. It's a console that has a very solid game. Honestly, the filler is pretty good. Even the filler is good, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, we can even talk about that too because uh, it, it does have its filler. But even the filler is like a lot of people. It's it's honestly the best of filler. Yes, like if you if you have to look at a console library just for its filler, this would be on top. Like because its filler is yeah. is like gold compared to you know like the Wii or something like that. Uh, yeah, you're not gonna get a lot of Borby Horse Adventure. Yeah, so we're talking about the Dreamcast. Hell yeah! Uh, which here we are five years later on the Shiro clock and we're finally talking about Dreamcast. <laughs> it took us a little bit. We had to get we had to get through the thousands of uh, Saturn games like Yeah. We talked we about it, didn't we? That. When you proposed the whole, you know, let's do a Saturn podcast. I think you said we could try to do a Dreamcast thing, but I don't think, you know, there's just so much out there already. I mean, we've got we've already got way too much competition with like the DreamPod and There's too many. Yeah. I didn't want to compete with the I didn't want to compete with the Dreamcast Junkyard. They're too good. So what we're not going to do today is offer up the definitive Dreamcast talk or, you know, everything you need to know, 100 talking points of Dreamcast or whatever. Top 10 rare gems on the Dreamcast. Yeah, you could get that elsewhere. You there's a million YouTube videos or you can listen to that other Dreamcast podcast, <laughs> the the actual Dreamcast podcast. But it's a very we, good podcast by the way. It is a, a phenomenal podcast. I was just listening to it today. Um, but we are going to talk about our memories of the Dreamcast, uh, and and just this is not scripted. We're going off the top of the dome, and whatever comes up in our minds, we're just going to talk about together and reminisce 
And I think it'll be fun. And we can always do a volume two. We could. That that is totally true. And I know Peter has some things to say about it too. So he he might be interested. I think it'd be kind of fun to get like a Dreamcast discussion. But yeah. It's my understanding that this is your console. Like if if you had to pick one, if you had to be buried with one, this is your console. Actually, it is well known. And I'm going to be editing to my will. But I, I did inform family that if I did die... I did tell them to bury me with my Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. which one. I assumed the black one I have, the translucent one, that I mm. swapped this case off. Yeah. But I told them to bury me with a Dreamcast. That actually, that actually is unironically not a, that's not a joke. I do want to get buried <laughs> with a Dreamcast or, or burnt and cremated with one. So, like, have my ashes mixed in with the Dreamcast. But that is what's going to be happening. Yeah, this is my console. This is when I, when somebody asked me what my console is. Well, I do think Neo Geo holds a really top point. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, can't, I just can't escape it. The Dreamcast. But you didn't grow up with Neo Geo, right? Well, no, no. Like, you, you probably did in the arcades, right? Like pizza, go to pizza restaurants. Yeah, yeah like, like, like Metal Slug, maybe right. some art of fighting, you know. But in the living room, this was your console. Yeah. So, this is like, I, I lived and breathed it. Why don't you tell me about that? I, I want to know, like, before you had a Dreamcast, what? how did you come to know about it? Because you said you didn't know about Saturn back then, right? It was like nope. Genesis, and then you had a Pico. So tell me the story of the Dreamcast for Pat. Like, what did that look like? So I actually didn't... I don't think I was ever hyped to get the console. I remember I was excited to get, like, a N64 I want to get, and I wanted to get, like, a Game Boy. But I can't remember ever being like, yeah, I wanted a Dreamcast. Uh, one of the things is that my parents would take me to... Because my dad and my mom don't like staying in the house. Every weekend, we've always, we'd always be... Mm. And I was an only child, so it was easy back then. But we'd be out and about going places. Like, we'd stay overnight. Like, we'd drive to Pennsylvania. We'd go to the movie theaters. We'd sleep in a parking lot in, uh, in our car. We'd go, you know, basically, we'd go behind the Holiday Inn. We would hide, go in the car. We'd sneak in, go to the, the, uh, the Continental Breakfast, eat that, go in the car, and then go to a swap meet is usually what our plan was if it was good enough wow. or warm enough. Your, your parents sound fun. They actually are. They were a little, lot of fun, and they still are. They... They go out like almost every weekend. I can never catch. I can never see them on the weekends anymore. But they are a lot of fun. They like going out, trying different things, you know. And I think that's sort of what what motivates me to, and what sort of caught me to try different things and sort of throw. I just throw my hat into different buckets and see what sticks. Mm. Because I like going out. I like going places. I like you know, like thrift storing, doing stuff, seeing movies and things of that nature. That's sort of in like in movies like ingrained my blood, but I guess the point was I we go to arcades sometimes and we like go to all these arcades and I'd always play House of the Dead one or two, like and my parents loved it too. They played it with me, played the you know, Crazy Taxi, uh, Daytona USA because my dad was a big NASCAR guy, so he played all of that stuff. Mm. And I guess they saw the console and saw House of the Dead and those games like oh hey you could play it at home and we don't have to like spend money in the arcades so. I got it one time, uh, Christmas '99. I actually have a photo of me uh, with it. I believe Simon saw it. You're kind of sleepy. You're like a sleepy kid just woke up on Christmas, and you're holding. Yeah, your Yeah, I have the photo somewhere. I have to look it up. It's somewhere in my hard drive. But yeah, I guess the point is, I had the Dreamcast. It was one of my favorite consoles of all time. I and I got it for Christmas. And I was super excited. The two games I got were Sonic Adventure and mm. House of the Dead Two. Good first games. I must have played the absolute hell out of both games. Like, I, I did you get the gun? Absolutely, I got the gun. It bricked three of my Dreamcasts. Absolutely, I got the gun. Wait, what? It it broke three of my Dreamcasts. The gun. Yeah, the gun broke three of my Dreamcasts. 
Okay, side tangent. How real quick? How does the gun break three of your Dreamcasts? So there's this. There is this issue with the capacitors on. I don't know if it's the Dreamcast side or the gun side. Oh. But if you plug in the controller, that's a third party, and you plug into the Dreamcast ports, it sometimes blows the fuse to the controller ports. Oh. So it completely kills the controller ports. So is this a well-known issue? Yeah, it, it happens to a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, so, I didn't even know. I did not even know that. Yeah. So that is a incredibly common. Pr- issue with the dreamcast so if you do somehow have a dreamcast accessory do not plug it in especially third party do not plug it i don't even hot swap anyone with official if it's not plugged in i'm turning it off and plugging it back in i'm not risking that because but i mean now i could fix it but back then i was a kid i didn't know that was the issue uh, huh. but yeah so that was that was the dreamcast killer is the but yeah the gun i had that i played the absolute hell out of Res- house of the dead 2 and sonic adventure i must have beat sonic adventure like three or four times I beat House of the Dead. Oh God! Uh, I went through it probably. It must have been a hundred times at the minimum. But mm. I pretty much know that game like the back of my head. All the secret paths, even the lines. I could uh, I could probably quote from the beginning. So it's like so meet and G over there. What? Uh-huh. It seems like it's only the beginning. You're next. The thing that get him. The three zombies go in. Jeez, bloodstain. There's just a lot of like. Okay, maybe I don't know it as well as I used to, but yeah. I guess the thing is that I know a lot of the lines from it. I, I play that game so much. Mm-hmm. It's like like that. I can get back to it and play it. And like Chaz. Like with, with Chaz. Uh, yeah. With the Resident Evil stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. We were on the same thing. Nice. But yeah. And, and it was my favorite console. And I played the hell of all the, the games I actually owned officially. Because I rented a lot of them, but the ones I actually owned owned was, you know, Sonic Adventures, uh, House of the Dead. Let's see here. Uh, Toy Commander, uh, Slave Zero. There's a few other ones. I did, actually, weirdly enough, I didn't have because I was rented. I never had like the Power Stones mm-hmm. or the Capcom fighters. Mm-hmm. I just got them. I got them years later because like right. I just burnt it or I just rented them. So it's like I didn't need right. Like there's the there's the Dreamcast games that you grew up with, and then there's all the tons of Dreamcast games that you've come to love subsequently you know yeah uh that is the same for me like if i was honest i know like the one i remember the ones that i kind of played back in the day and then the ones during my decade of discovery into the dreamcast where i was like downloading games or buying games yeah uh you'd 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 get into a lot of the cool but more niche stuff you know that the dreamcast has to offer um but so they just kind of dropped it on you. You never played a kiosk. You didn't. You weren't real aware of it. They no, just kinda, not that I remember. No. You wanted an N sixty four, which was. Oh no! I, I got that a year before. Okay. Okay. And arguably, they're very somewhat similar. Like the N sixty four, you you got the four controller ports, and then the Dreamcast controllers, you the four yeah. Controller ports. Both party, very kind of like party systems, you know, exactly uh, several games that are designed for like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a couch gameplay session with like several mm-hmm. people. Um, so, yeah, like they, in a way, they they kind of have the same vibe going and they also decided to have these weird controller designs and strange games, too, <laughs> and strange games. But yeah, there is as much as much as we often tease or malign the N64. There is some like common DNA there for sure. Exactly. At least in like the games and the the philosophy of just like providing really really fun games and not a huge library, but what's there is very much quality. Exactly. Um, and and I love the N64. Like I know I know we joke yeah. mocking on it. I I love that console. Like that's Yeah, yeah. That's still up there up there for me console wise. I 
it's just easy to take shots. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know? it, it definitely, it's funny how I kept picking technically loser consoles. Like I had the N6, I had, I had the Sega Pico. I had the Game Gear. The, the, I had the uh, Dreamcast. I had the N64. Even the, I still did. I had the GameCube. I went the GameCube. Yeah. Uh, the only winner console I've ever picked was the 360. Mm. That was the only winner one I ever got. Because hmm. even the Xbox, I would, I would argue that it wasn't exactly a winner originally. I got the Wii. The market says that that was the winner. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I, that that one too. Like I, I got the Wii as well, but yeah. like I never got the like I honestly it we only got to the 2000s like when I got the winner quote unquote winner consoles. So, but honestly, I, I kind of should have got PS3. I but everyone I knew played Halo Three, and I had to get it. I, I skipped PS3, and I kind of regret it. Like my brother had it, and you know, like several of my friends had it, but. And there were a lot of really cool, like exclusive games on there, but I don't want to get into the weeds There's on that. A ton. <laughs> but yeah, so, that's the next one. We'll do PS3 talk. So yeah, Dreamcast. Um, for me, real quick, I'll just say that I was a Saturn fan. Uh, I mean, okay, we had a PlayStation. My brother had picked up an N64. I mean, loose. You loosely had a PlayStation. Your dad kept loosely. stealing it from you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he he just you know he took it on the road a lot, but it but I got to yeah. play plenty of it, and and I did appreciate it. It was just you know it was Saturn was my console, as I've told folks, it was just basically my yeah. identity at that point. Like this is this is going to be my thing, and then you know I played plenty of Nintendo sixty four, so I knew what that was all about. Um, there were a few games on there that I really liked, but um, it was at that time that I was getting a job, you know, so I was I was, I was working at Sears. That was my first job like selling watches funny enough. And I had to like, my, my grandfather, worked for I had Sears. to wear a suit, you know, I had to like work behind a Damn. counter and wear like a suit. And I was like 14 and a half, almost 15, uh, working this job Damn. at Sears. And I would always like go upstairs to like the toy. I was, I was still immature <laughs> kid, you know, I'd sneak upstairs on my break to go play on the dreamcast that just got released, you know, and they had like a, they had an electronic department upstairs at, at Sears, but they also had like a, kids clothing section and the game department was just kind of shoved in there somewhere like in the like (laughs) kids i remember that it was like it was like in the in like the corner because i remember like i remember playing gamecube at sears it was was like this little tiny tiny corner tiny little corner on the side it's like no one it was like there was nothing there like it was like it was like literally between two other two other like shell like two other aisles it was really weird but if i'm being honest though for what it was though at the time the dreamcast was just the biggest thing there was nothing else it had no other competition and yeah. 64 was kind of on its way out playstation was just coasting down the road with yeah. late rpgs and stuff like that and they had a plan but dreamcast was like the hot new property and so what game display was there it was like all dreamcast so it was yeah. like this really large, like whoever got that and like got it in their house or whatever now uh, the is the like playground. has an awesome Dreamcast display. But yeah, it was like all these Dreamcasts on top and all these games displayed and a couple different uh, stations. I would kill a man for that that setup. So yeah, I used to like spend my break uh, and, and, and some of my coworkers were like, you're not going to like go like go on break. You're going to stay, you know, like. There's a Dreamcast here. I gotta play it. You know, like, there's my break right there. I'm playing there's the Dreamcast. There's my break. And yeah, and then and then soon after that, I got a job. Uh, I quit that job and went to Circuit City. And at that point, I was actually working games and uh, music and games. Like they'd have me trade off between like the music department selling CDs 
So either I was selling like a Limp Biscuit CD or I would sell you a Dreamcast game, you know? Um, but so you went with Hot Dog Part, or was it the Chocolate Starfish to uh, Golden uh, Golden Starfish? Hey, there you go. There you go. Or uh, Linkin Park or whatever it was back then. I'm, I'm kind of adjusting for a timeline. Probably was like Corn, Corn, <laughs> yes. Limp Biscuits, yeah. whatever the... Whatever happened at the was it the um, Woodstock '99? Whoever was Woodstock playing Woodstock '99, yeah, yeah, pro- probably that's some Megadeth. Re- that's more accurate than you know. Uh, but yeah, so selling Dreamcasts, and they were there was just this there was a short period of time where they were just flying off the shelf, and everybody was happy that didn't know anything else because there just wasn't any any other competition. And the, that Sonic Adventure you mentioned, Sonic Adventure. That was such a stellar demo. Like you remember playing Sonic Adventure, right? Because you got it. Absolutely, on I pl- I'm pl- I played that game so many times. I I can remember that as well. The quotes. I mean that that de- that like attract mode made a huge impression on everybody. I think like with the orca and the and the just the speed. Yeah, it was like okay, yes, this is a, this is exactly what a 3D Sonic game should be. Like it's honestly, fast. it's crazy. It's crazy and how it- both Sonic and Mario, the first 3D game out the gate. They got it perfect. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I guess technically Sonic. It, it's I mean, I guess if you technically count Sonic Jam, mm-hmm. but I mean, even then, it used it was based off the stuff was based off of Sonic Jam. Yeah. So, like, like really, the Sonic's first foray into 3D, like official 3D, is like it's just it hit so hard. Yeah. Because you can argue that you know Mario RPG and Sonic 3D Blast were the first 3D games, but you know it's not like right. It's it's really it's isometric, rough. yeah. No, this was this was definitely like three D plat Sonic three D platforming, and uh, you know th- that's kind of where they really introduced the whole like chaining, you know, s- stomping on their heads, but like chaining it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And it, so the speed of the game and and just the flow of it was really really impressive. I remember. But it was it, it it was rough at first for me to be honest, because uh, the coming of the Dreamcast. I remember hearing about it coming before it was there, and it was just the the coming of the Dreamcast meant the dying of the Saturn, you know. So at, at first, I was it was a little bittersweet, but like seeing some of the screenshots in the magazines that I would import, you had like faces rendered with like the images of like the CEO's face, you know, rendered with polygons like, and everything like that. And it was like, and back then it was like, wow, this is, this is actually really, really good. Or, you know, Dural, yeah. you know, Dural with all the reflective surface and everything like that. Yeah. Like it looked incredibly impressive. And, and D2, like I got, we, we would get sneak peeks about D2, like this, this next warp game. And I was like super into warp stuff back then, you know, with like enemy zero. So, um, enemy zero D. Yeah. Speaking of which, I heard they were coming up with a documentary on the guy that did that too. On uh, on Kenjiano? Yeah, Kenjiano. Really? Oh, I definitely yeah. got to send me a link to that. I, I definitely want to. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a link in the thing. We'll put in the description as well. So, okay. So you were, do you ha- you remember how old you were? 10, you said? 10, yeah. 99. I was 10. Okay. So you were 10. No, no, I was, no it was like nine. I think I was. No, sorry, not time. I was eight. eight. Okay, you were eight. I was, I was 10, 2001. I was like 16, 15, uh, yeah, I was like 16 or 17 between that time. And, uh, you know, while our uh, initial impressions, I guess, kind of varied depending on you didn't even know about it and you just got the console. And me, I like spent months playing it on demos and, and selling it until my dad actually finally forked out and got one and brought it home. 
And uh, and I was really excited about it. And one of the first games that I remember him getting was PSO. Did you play PSO? Uh, I didn't play it on Dreamcast. Well, I did technically play it on Dreamcast, but I played it on PC mostly on, PC? on multiplayer. Okay. I, I was before my time. My mom did not let me get the internet for the Dreamcast. She was like, no, that's not happening. That's not happening. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, that was so, one of the big things. That was one of the big things about the Dreamcast that it offered is like right out of the box, it had a dial-up modem, you know? And you could yeah. get, and I know a lot of people do, you have the broadband adapter for your Dreamcast? I wish I could you get it. Could, yeah, it got pr- kind of it kept getting priced out on exactly. me. I do want to get it eventually though. Right. And there's this Japanese one that's basically like a LAN adapter that a lot of people get confused yeah. with it. You got to be careful when you're buying those things to make sure that you get the actual Ethernet adapter for the online stuff. But but essentially, yeah, like we we got the keyboard, we got PSO, we would take it online. It was just it was just amazing. Like for me, that that really was like a, a watershed moment in gaming where I was like, wow. Um, I mean, I, I think other people that have been playing games like that on the PC probably wouldn't be that impressed. But again, we we had a PC and it was OK. Like you could type up a, a, a homework paper on it or something like that, but it yeah. was not powerful enough. To, to not playing you know, Half Life on playing, there. you know, you know, whatever kind of MMO on. So yeah, when we got the Dreamcast, it was just insane with PSO. I'm I'm trying to think like what other do, do you have any memories that in your mind like after getting it because you know you mentioned Sonic mm-hmm. Adventure and you mentioned uh, Re- uh, the uh, House of the Dead. House of the but Dead. are there any other games that really stick out in your mind as like moments where you just fell in love with the console or you just realized that it was just kind of ahead of its time um i think the funniest enough is that i usually hear people talk about all these whole heavy hitters and stuff mm-hmm. and all these big name games but honestly i played a lot of the games that you wouldn't really expect like i, I know toy commander is like the big underground toy Commander, big one but one of the ones that really blew me out of the water that i really enjoyed was slave zero I don't, have you played slave zero uh slave zero i'm i'm familiar with it but no i i, I haven't i don't think so it's really good. Basically, you play this mech that some that this rebel group took over, and you have to. The story is really loose. I think you have to just like fight the corporations with this stolen mech. Hmm. It's a really fun game. You play in this giant mech. You shoot everything, all these other mechs up. These boss battles. Hmm. It's a ton of fun. I really enjoyed that. That's one of the big things. Uh, 102 Dalmatians also was pretty fun. It's a nice little platformer. Really, like I said another another filler. That's that that's it's good. That's really good. Like I think it was the best version of it, but it was actually a ton of fun. My grandma got it for me because huh. she was a big Disney fan and wanted to get me Disney games, so she got me that one. Yeah, it actually was pretty fun. I really enjoyed it. Like, believe it or not. Yeah, I believe it or not, I have it on a on a mode, you know, but I I haven't actually like fired it up. I was playing like The Grinch this last Christmas. You know, there was a Grinch mm-hmm. title, and there was a like, there was a lot of like Disney stuff and Warner Brothers stuff. You know, with like. And then there was like wacky races and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't play any of that stuff back in the day. That's funny. Um, Silver. There was a title called Silver. It was kind of an RPG. That one's that really, was really good. good. I played that back in the day. My dad was really into RPGs, but I didn't play uh, Slave. You said Slave Zero. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give that one a shot. That one's for good. Sure. It sounds cool. Yeah, I, I played Code Veronica on the Dreamcast. Uh, I, I was a big mm. Resident Evil fan back then. Like. I've told people I must have beat Resident Evil 2 about 30 or 40 times. Like that game. Right. I can I beat that game in my sleep. It's so much fun. So, okay. So let me let me stop you there because that's a good good one to talk about. So Resident Evil 2, it's true. You got We got a remake or essentially like a port, yeah. like a really good port. 
and it was sol- it was a solid port. There was also mm-hmm. a port of Resident Evil Three, right? Um, yeah, there's a, there, there's a port. Of, yeah, both are really solid ports. Um, but while we were waiting for like that new uh, Resident Evil game that we all mm-hmm. knew was coming, you know, it was going to be the you know showpiece for the Dreamcast, you know, in 3D mm-hmm. and stuff. Like we we had another title to hold us over. Did you ever play Blue Stinger? <laughs> I actually never did play Blue Stinger. Oh, you didn't? Okay. It was one of those like launch. It was one, it was either a launch title or it was near launch. I can't re- I can't recall. Others might mm-hmm. correct me, but it was an early title. I remember we got it. You know, it's kind of a nautical thing. You know, you're on a it starts out on a boat and then you're on this I'm like on a boat. carrier or you know, it's platform. Uh so it's it's different and it's certainly not as good as Resident Evil. But And that's by Sega, right? And it's by yeah. I believe so, yeah, by Sega. I wonder if it's a spiritual successor to uh, to Deep Fear. To Deep Fear. Like a spiritual successor. It's got a vibe. Yeah, I wonder about that. See, now that's where being being totally deep into the Saturn side of things, I really don't know. Maybe there are folks who already know the answer to that. And if you do, put that in the comments. Or just call, um, or just call me dumb. We'd love to that know. Too, but- that works. Yeah, or just or just call call. No, us not dumb, Dave. Me, me. Honestly, not, not Dave. Dave's good. He's a smart, dude. But I never made that connection. But now that you say it, it it, uh, it they do have a lot of the same vibe going on. And I mean, but Deep Fear, I would argue, was actually a better. Oh, you know, <laughs> it was it was definitely much was closer to Resident Evil in quality. Yeah. Whereas Blue Stinger was definitely a budget survival horror game. Um, but a lot of folks actually like it. It's one of those examples of filler that that I think kind of some people have really fond feelings for or like ill bleed, you know, it's like, it's kind of a tough as nails, kind of annoying sometimes. And it's the stuff we're Not talking the best about game. But yeah, like it was what you had that, to tide you over until Code Veronica. The big youngest. And I actually really loved Code Veronica. How do you feel about Code Veronica? I honestly think out of all the Resident Evil games, it, it is the hardest one out of all of them. It is. It is tough yeah. as nails, and you can get soft locks so easy on that game. It actually is really, really easy to get soft locked in that. Like, not even, I mean, you probably get out of it. I don't ever remember getting soft locked. Well, would, the thing is that if you're a pro gamer, you probably could get out of it, but there's times where I didn't have enough ammo to take down the tyrant on the plane and i just couldn't get past mm. it and i had to reset like that's the yeah. like there's a lot of those things where you, you like resident evil 2 i think i've heard it described as you, you get enough ammo to take down every single zombie in the game three times over but code yeah. veronica is so scarce and you can easily soft lock yourself if you if you waste the wrong weapons on the the tyrant especially that's i think that's the big hurdle is the tyrant fight on the on the airplane is that if you don't have mm-hmm. enough ammo, you have to reset because there's no way you can win. It is a tough as nails boss fight. Yeah, I say the only sad thing about it is that is that the definitive edition is only on GameCube, which is the Code mm-hmm. Veronica X. So the only way to play that with all the Wesker stuff is to do that version. Unfortunately, does that improve the difficulty or does that version? I haven't played that version. Oh no, it just adds more storyline stuff because I know that you get more Wesker encounters and it ties the story better together in X. Hmm. So, and I, I don't think there ever was a English version of X or even a Japanese version, but I could be wrong. If I am, let me know in the comments. Uh, it would be cool to get an X version for GameCube. Well, I mean, X, Code Veronica X version. So. Right. Well, it was a it was a phenomenal game. Graphics, music, everything about it. I I mean, I guess it would be. I would say it would be topped by the the Resident Evil remake on GameCube. Like that blew my mind when we saw that, like graphics wise. But still, at the time. 
Code Veronica was just probably one of the best looking games that I had seen up to that point on the Dreamcast. And it really- yeah, and honestly, it is the best of of Resident Evil. Like the, it was the pinnacle of the camera angles. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, maybe maybe technically is Resident Evil remake, but as a sequel game, it was the toppest they could get. Like I thought it was the most smoothest and the most challenging hmm um i guess you know that we could talk about games and then kind of go back and talk about the console a bit to wrap it up because um since we're already on games i guess yeah. let me ask you something do you did you ever play res back in the day um or, did, or is that something you, you ended up playing later so, so the res res the first time i heard about it was the ps2 version i never it was a ps2 i never version. like there is a Oh, there actually is a game that I want to bring up that I think is in, that's probably my top. But for Res, I unfortunately did not get to play that back in the day because a lot of the import shops didn't really have. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't really have any import games for the Dreamcast. I found it was mostly just like you know obscure Dreamcast games of that nature. But I sadly didn't get to play Res back in the day. But I did get it years later and played it. And I played it on a CRT mm-hmm. with a, with a arcade stick in a dim room. And wow, it's it's otherworldly. It's it's an amazing game. I think it's probably the most beautiful games on the Dreamcast. It's so trippy. The yeah, the the PS2 version is is just as good. You know, you can and you can get the trans vibrator. And whatever. Yeah, just put it put it put it uh, somewhere special and play the game. But I mean, yeah, they're so they're both great. But I mean, the fact that I mean that was one of those that was one of the few games that I actually imported. Because the Dreamcast was where I started importing. I never imported yeah. any games on the Saturn like back in the day. That just was like a foreign concept to me. But like um, we're all over the place with this. But like when when I got Shenmue two, that kind of opened my Shenmue. eyes to like the world of import games. You know, uh, like at least at my no, for at my sure. shop or whatever. And so I got Res, and yeah, it, like that you're just like bombarded with sound and visuals and just it really started a genre that I think continues strong today. Like with the, you know, the VR, it's like res was meant for VR, you know? So of course it got released for VR, but I mean, it was like, it was VR before this entire industry went that way with like games like beat saber and rhythm games that really like play Mm -hmm. into like the synesthesia, you know, just like the, the marrying of like the audio and the visual res was just like one of those games. And if you did like, blast your stereo system with that game it was just like nirvana you know not the, the band, band but the, the state of being state of mind <laughs> but yeah i don't know lost nirvana after nirvana any other games you want to shout i've got like a whole list of stuff that we can talk about um, but i'm just curious if there were any others that were standouts for you uh one of the biggest standouts and a lot of people are gonna it's gonna be like i said i have a weird list of dreamcast games have you ever played or heard of super magnetic neo Super Magnetic Neo, yeah. Uh, subsequently, like uh, much later, uh, I played it. It's one of those kind of like uh, hidden gems, dare I say. You know, they like to mention. Yeah, yeah. I remember I went into like, like a game shop I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh at a lot as a kid in Jersey. It was called the Game Factory. It was an airport plaza in New Jersey. It's not there anymore. It shut down like in the late 2000s. But mm-hmm. they had a game. They had that game there. I think it was like for twenty five bucks or something. Yeah. So I remember I, had, I still have the sticker on the case of it. That's a twenty five on there just to remember it by mm-hmm. in the store. I picked that up. Oh my god. Oh my god. That game. Yeah, that game was a lot of fun. I I thought it was just so crazy. Just like all the weird Japanese ness to it that they they dubbed it over. 
the the crazy character the, the cool mechanics it's like it was like crash bandicoot except good mm-hmm. yeah but it's one of my favorite dream casting it's basically you play this you have this cool cool magnet mechanic where you do the opposite magnets to attract it and you go onto like different platforms it's like a really fun platformer it's one of those games that lots of people recommend not one that i was aware of back in the day um and and that's the thing with Dreamcast is there are a load of like really, really great heavy hitters. And then there's just a load of really great obscure games. I mean, there's like you've got games like Cool Cool Tune or games like uh, Sounds fun. Napple Tail, you know, which has been translated. You know, you've got games like Evil Twin or uh, or like uh, Ratergy. Ratergy. Yeah. Crazy, like off the wall stuff, stuff that you don't hear about unless you're like really hunting it down. Um, and then you've got the stuff that's like much more high profile. I mean, even if you don't like sports games, I want to say back in the day in the mall, you know, if you'd see like a display kiosk or something like that, chances are you saw NFL or NBA 2K like those games, uh, the graphics on them. When I first saw NFL 2K, I thought for a second, I was like I did a double take because I thought was I was watching, I watching a sports game? broadcast. Exactly. Because they had used motion capture. Um, I want to say they use some crude depth of field when it comes to like the the scenes between plays and stuff like that. And just the way the characters moved, I was like, oh, my God, is this like a broadcast? Um, yeah, those those games were phenomenal. And I actually really enjoy sports games. So I also played them. But nerd, I would say I, <laughs> I'm a nerd because I enjoy sports games. Sports fan, boo. But I mean, but the, you can't deny though that that uh, they were really impressive looking. Where's and, the hide video button at? I'm hide sure. video. <laughs> like I, I, I get antsy when I can't. Hey, okay, so here's video. a sports game you probably played: Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. 2. Oh God, I, I poured so many hours into that level editors of the second one. Right, like literally, I, I have levels, whole levels that are gone now. But yeah. I literally had so many fun levels. Like I'd had like a race to the end of it. Have mm-hmm. all the, the the spike pits all over the place? Yeah, like that was a fun game. Like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. I originally played it on Nintendo sixty four, and that's like where I knew it, like best yeah. from. And then it was like when we upgraded to the Dreamcast version, I was just like, oh my god, this is so. The music is better. Everything's better. It was that was like an HD remake for me, you know, because going from the Nintendo sixty four to the Dreamcast version. It's you know what's crazy. weird though that, that I I think I pointed out to you is that you know when you do the special they have the down sound effect mm-hmm. they changed it on the N sixty four I never could figure out why I didn't even know that yeah like, that's niche yeah it's, it's weird like because if you play Bros versions like why is the special thing so different but like huh. yeah I love I love Tony Hawk's Pro Skater two it's one of the honestly Tony Hawk's Pro Skater one and two are probably the two best two of my favorite Dreamcast games of all time yeah really good yeah definitely me and my little brother used to play a ton of that uh did you ever play was you were a big virtual on fan so did you play Ontario Tangram I didn't play Toronto Canada Toronto Canada you it's not that great right is it just me or is it not that great? I think it, it's it's or are people gonna kill me? <laughs> for I think that? it's it runs a lot smoother than the Saturn version, but I kind of prefer the Saturn sure. version. I don't know. Maybe I'm back to the back to basic kind of guy. Me too. No, yeah, like I do too. Uh, there are two games on the Dreamcast that I should have loved or that I expected I would love, and I wasn't that crazy about, and that was Virtual On Two, Ontario Canada, Ontario Tangram, or however you say it. And then Virtual Fighter 3 huh. Team Battle. 
uh, or tag tuberculosis. Tuberculosis is it team battle? Tuberculosis. Anyway, Virtual Fighter Fighter Three TB. I don't know for whatever reason it did not meet my expectation. I had already been playing Virtual Fighter Three for a while in the arcades, and then you know when I played it on the oh in Daytona as, as well, Daytona USA away. on the Dreamcast was not at all what I was expecting. And I wouldn't go as far as to say that it's a bad game. I would. I own it. It's I'm joking. It's, it's good enough, but it's not. I don't know. I would just still rather play the original Daytona on the Saturn for just fun factor. I don't know. Like, yeah, the graphics may be jank, but at least it feels closer to the arcade, you know, whereas they really like missed a trick there. But yeah, those three games are pretty high profile mainline Sega games. And I just was not impressed. Also, I never really played any three of those growing up. Huh. Yeah, you're already more niche than me, like when it comes to like the original games you played. Yeah, I didn't even mean to. Like Magnetic Neo, Slave Zero. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Honestly, all of these games were just games I picked up at video stores that were just going out. Of, like, there was this video store rental place in New Jersey on off the freeway that okay. I'd go to, and they were shutting down, and we just got a ton of games. Like, and you just got a ton of games Slave Zero, Toy Commander. Actually, it's funny. My mom just grabbed them off the shelves. You lucky bastard. Like, she just grabbed a ton of them. The only ones that. <laughs> that's great. That she didn't get there that i played the hell from that store is power stone too there's the only one she never got oh yeah pa- the power stone games are amazing that's cool i got them years later would you say that's like the original smash power stone oh wait well smash is the original smash, smash came out at, before, before yeah. that's right it, it okay it was like a flavor it was like a different flavor maybe it was like sega's take on smash or something like that because it was a lot of fun though. Kind of frenetic it was, was capcom Capcom's. sorry capcom's take yeah, no, it was really good. But it didn't come out anywhere else, though, right? It was just Dreamcast. Yeah, it's honestly, I mean, it technically did come out on PSP, but it's like, oh, right. why would you play it on PSP? Okay. Like, I thought there was always a weird port Power Stone on the PSP. It's like, right. I, I don't I don't see it. Like, it, does, it doesn't work. It didn't work, and yeah. it still doesn't. But, like, Power Stone, one of my favorite fighters of all time. I love Power Stone. I Honestly. You have a standee. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I have the I have the standee for it, the the Power Stone standee. I had a feeling you liked that game because I didn't think you would bit. buy an expensive standee for it. If you I didn't. didn't buy it, I traded it. Oh, okay, fine, you traded. Somebody it. wanted Soccer Wars on uh, Soul My Love on the PS2. Uh huh. I traded them for it, and uh, yeah, I, I, it must have been like a forty dollar game I got for the display, and it's uh, the last. Uh, Who got the better end of the deal? I mean, the last offer I got on it was fifteen hundred. $1,500. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Like someone's like, I want to buy it. It's like, if they do $1,500 for the, uh, you won, but it's rare though. Like I, the thing is that I can always get $1,500. I can never get another standee. Another standee like that. Yeah, no, that's true. There actually is another deal. I, I think I'm f- trying to work out. I might get is, uh, somebody has a, has a Monica's castle, uh, flyer mm-hmm. and I'm doing a trade with them. Yeah, well, I guess I guess now the cat's out of the bag now, but yeah, but uh, people by the time people are listening, you've already brokered the deal. Yeah, but um, I'm trading two games on the PS4 for it, so I and I, I was like, you know what, I can always get those games again. I can, I will not like I look at trades this way. If I can, if I can't get it ever again, no matter how hard I try, right, it's worth the the L on it. So, like, I can get two PS4 games. I can't find another one of those. Like, if I find another one of those, I'll eat my hat. Like there's no way there's a, there's a, and it's rare. It's like an unreleased game, and it's just I'm like surprised he found two. 
Yeah, so we're brokering that deal. Uh, that should be hopefully done by maybe tomorrow, hopefully. And cool. we'll get the trade going. I, tr- I trust them. And honestly, I'm going to get that framed up as soon as I get it because that's honestly one of the rarest things I probably would own at that point. So other Dreamcast games. Let's see. Okay, so you mentioned Power Stone, which is a Capcom game. One of my favorite mm-hmm. Titles on the Dreamcast yep. is Cannon Spike. What's your opinion of that? Ooh, that one's a fun one. I never really... The thing is that is that a lot of these games, a lot of people don't know. You think that's like, oh, it's just sitting on the shelf and no one played them. No, a lot of these games, you couldn't find mm-hmm. them in stores. That's why they're rare. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was the same... Even like the Resident Evil games, I never found Dreamcast versions or GameCube versions of them, even though I knew they existed, but none of the stores I went to had any of these. Yeah. Like they're rare for a reason. Like exactly. You're not going to stumble ac- across these. I mean, if you were importing back then, or you were really focused on collecting for Dreamcast. Yeah. And so you talked to your store clerk and you knew exactly they were getting one in or, or whatever. Yeah. But you had to know, you had to know exactly what you were looking for. And most people were not looking at project justice, you know what I'm saying? Or tech romancer or Plasma Sword or Cannon Any Spike. Of these rare ones. <laughs> they were looking at games like Jet Set Radio, which made a lot more noise. You know what I'm saying? It was crazy. Out of, oh, Space Channel 5. You get slapped over the face with ads and stuff for Space Channel 5. Walking to my Best Buy, and they'd have like a whole stand. They'd have like a tall girl standy and like a big section for Space Channel 5. And you get hit over the head with stuff like Seaman. <laughs> Not literally, but... uh, Oh, I love getting hit over the head by semen. But, uh, Pat, um, but (laughs) but seriously, you wouldn't hear about the other stuff, like a lot of the Capcom stuff, which was arguably some of the best stuff that we would find out about later, yeah, for the console. Hands down the best stuff, and yeah, and it's kind of funny because, like, I I play those games with my siblings all the time, like, because I... Like even into like high school, like I always like have years where I just pick it up and play it for like all like all day long or mm-hmm. play it for like a long period of time. And like my siblings know Space Channel Five. Like we they're like zoomers and they're still like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Space Channel Five, the, the up down, rough right, shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like like I remember we saw the Sonic movie in theaters and like we were looking at the Sega thing and she's and they were pointing out, Oh look at Space Channel Five, oh look at it's Sonic Adventure, oh look at it's Seaman, oh it's all this mm-hmm. other and it's it's funny and it's crazy. Like I don't think there's really if anybody like walked down the street, I don't think they would expect them to know Space Channel Five or these other games. Which I think is yeah. I, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I'm happy that they're <laughs> they're able to experience that. I mean, culturally speaking, I think Space Channel Five might be the greatest time capsule for that early awkward you know early 2000s period of design and fashion and music and so like if you look at space channel 5 it's like you know what i'm talking about right i mean yeah like it, it's it's like the, what the future looked like it looked it's like kind of like it looked like a music video like a 90s music video came to life and was a game like right like i think one of the things that that every time i played it i think of Remember the the music video from Michael Jackson's Scream? Yeah, it kind of it kind of had that vibe to it, which oh, is oh, definitely where they're all dancing together. Ironic because Michael Jackson's in the game. Yes, that is ironic. So thirty year spoilers if you haven't played it. Michael Jackson's in Space Channel Five. Maybe that has something to do with the uh, the resemblance, but but yeah, it's just it's weird, like. That's one of those eras of music that I kind of try to forget. Like generally speaking, uh, you know, the whole like Smash Mouth 
era. I don't know. I don't know. There, uh, there was a lot of good that came out of it. I, there, I mean, there, I, there was good. There was good. But I, I can't you deny know. Backstreet Boys. I love the back. I love Backstreet the Backstreet in sync. You know, Michael Jackson's later stuff. It, there was a there was a time and a place. Exactly. <laughs> it just, this is neither that time or place. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, yeah. There was some rough stuff, like you know, some of the, some of the new metal and Limp Biscuit and some of the other sort of. Right. Like, was it Hoobastank? Um, oh my God, Hoobastank. There's a there is a word and a band that I haven't thought of in a couple decades. Hoobastank. Um, was it go, was it Ghost Town? Was that the name of it? Ghost Town or something? You like or Ghost something? I know Ghost Town DJs, but that was like '90s. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I, I see. I told you we we're gonna get the music eventually. But there you go. How about Papa Roach? There you go, Papa Roach. Damn. <laughs> sure. No, but uh, throwback. But basically, yeah, I mean, like the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 soundtrack, you listen to that soundtrack, play some Space Channel 5, and it'll be like a trip back to the early 2000s. Yeah, honestly, I love the music and all like the, the games on the Dreamcast, like because the era of music, especially Electronica, was so good. Like it was all drum and bass or all techno or all like, you know, house stuff. Like, oh, absolutely. I mean, and so it, like, what's a, what's a game that you can, that quickly comes to mind. How about Metropolis street racer? I was about to that, say that you read my mind, dude. That game had an amazing, that game soundtrack. Had a phenomenal soundtrack. Thanks. Of course, to Richard Jakes and uh, TJ Davis for putting that together. But um, did that predate? So that had the radio, right? You're driving around, you're listening to radio stations, essentially, right? Kind of before Grand Theft Auto did it. Exactly. And they had like original songs like, I mean, TJ Davis and stuff like that, singing all the tracks. Mm -hmm. But like, honestly, the Dreamcast, probably if I had to pick a, a soundtrack that I had listened to over and over again, the Dreamcast just had so bomb soundtracks like i guess the two games that come to my mind for soundtracks that are just the goat for me is jet set rate or i guess three jet set radio metropolis street racer and honestly it's gonna sound weird but i really really did enjoy the soundtrack to toy commander and i can't really agree or disagree because i don't i don't know the soundtrack for toy commander i'm familiar with the game for sure and i've definitely played it but i can't recall but i'm gonna have to take your word on that one uh samba de amigo had some good music in it that one too and res we mentioned res that is just like the whole game is oh yeah res of music. course yeah but you're right awesome, awesome as far as like tunes stuff. you can you can hum you know doesn't really matter or doesn't matter now what happens i will always give on the fight but yes god the, the sonic adventure oh sorry that's what i meant sonic adventure soundtrack oh sonic honestly hence hence that sonic adventure soundtrack i think it's way better than sonic adventure 2's oh like, let's talk about that are you one of those like sonic adventure 2 wasn't that great or you like sonic adventure 2 but you're not like oh i love sonic adventure 2 like the, the game is fantastic the chow garden is right is objectively better like objectively it's it's a better chow garden experience oh yeah 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 for sure it's much much more fully realized but the the games have aged and people have kind of like differing opinions on how well they've aged or you know whether they feel like going back to them. Like honestly, I I do agree that I think Sonic Adventure One is better than Two in my opinion, but not by much. And Two still has a lot to go back to. Like some of those missions were really good. Sure. The thing is that I think that they made Sonic Adventure Two a little bit too linear for me versus right the open worldness of Sonic Adventure One, the cool exploration sort of items of it. Well said. Well said. That's what I would say too. And, and the variations in gameplay. Like I mean, you could 
play as big as a cat and fish. Like, I mean, yeah, they arguably both have jank, you know, in them. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, number two, I I would go back to number one more just for nostalgia. Number two was good. But I mean, it got re-released, right? I mean, I think a couple of times. Battle, yeah. And Battle was the definitive version. But yeah, honestly, it's kind of funny. Song Adventure DX is absolute dog garbage or absolute garbage but song of adventure 2 battle is the definitive version to me like like i love battle song of adventure 2 battle was so good on the gamecube it it actually is so right you play that play that game so other games that i played back in the day not when i was a hipster dreamcast fan and like okay so like ikaruga right there's a hipster dreamcast game if there ever was one totally played the hell out of it but did it in my later 20s when i you know downloaded or something like that Same. i what, what you know, a bangayo bangayo is one of those games it, it is great i played a lot of it on the ds i'll be honest with you i haven't played a lot of bangayo on the dreamcast because i've always used vga and it doesn't play well with the vga like even when you force it uh in vga mode it like does the thing where the, there's like two screens and it's like really thin or something like that i don't know i can't get yeah. bangayo to play well I hope somebody is like listening to this and shouting and maybe going to tell me how I can get it to play well over VGA because my setup has pretty much always been VGA. And and I mean that like back in the day, going into my game store, I saw a Dreamcast hooked up via VGA, like when it was on sale, you know, and they, they show you could get a Dreamcast, an actual Sega Dreamcast VGA box. And so like I was sold on it all the way back then. So I like took a computer monitor that we had and and hooked it up and I was playing my Dreamcast on VGA. <laughs> so I mean it's it's otherworldly. Like I have a, a small Adele monitor yeah. in here. Honestly, I brought it to a convention and compared it apples to oranges to all my PVMs. It honestly is the sharpest the, the sharpest screen uh, video I've ever it's seen pretty out of sharp. anything. Like it it literally it kills like it makes the 20L the 20M4U look like absolute garbage. Okay. It honestly does. That's going a little far. Like, I know that's... But also the BVM, you're, you're not necessarily just looking for sharpness. You, you you do want those thick scan lines and you do... You know, the BVMs have like the... They have like the tiny little lines in the in the yeah. phosphor element or whatever. But for what it is, like Dreamcast over VGA just looks phenomenal. Yeah. It really does. It does. It, it's otherworldly. Like it, it blows everything out of the water. So, and the fact that it was... That that's not like just... An aftermarket thing like that folks could have that kind of quality back in the day was mind-blowing because we didn't have hd back then but this was like second pretty darn close and we didn't even have rgb so like it was like it was like washing like a layer of dirt off of the screen like the glass true when you see that like marvel versus capcom 2 intro like over vga it cuts your eyes you know it's just you're right it's like it's like wiping the vaseline off the screen and you're just like oh my god this looks better than in the arcade it it just it just like it cuts your eyes like it's razor sharp like i yeah i thought people were exaggerating but like when i started playing the the 480p on the dreamcast and on the yeah arcade cab man Mm -hmm. it's there's there's no contest VGA just right it it it's just better like even like a 40i versus it just it's just otherworldly like I just can't like I don't want to play Dreamcast on a PVM anymore I want to do on a monitor or a, a screen yeah it's just that good so man we're all over the place but that's okay this is not, like I said it's not scripted we're just kind of going off memories and I'm thinking like so yeah like when it comes to the games that I played back in the day the ones I'm just gonna go down my little list here so we talked about Tony Hawk two. Virtual On 2, mm-hmm. not so good. Res, great. 
MDK two. MDK one was a game that I really enjoyed. MDK, you remember that? I don't. Wasn't that Bioware? Uh, it was shiny, and it was like uh, you're the dude. With I've never played those games. Sadly, the gun on your head. You're like, and you you have like these foils that you you can like fly huh. or you can like like float down on different platforms and stuff. So MDK two was a cool like run and gun action game. Um, the NFL two K games were awesome. Played those back in the day. Uh. Then you had, you know, Metropolis Street Racer, Blue Stinger, that kind of stuff. Soul Calibur. Let's talk about fighting games here. Oh, God. How many? If you had, if you wanted like a 2D, the best 2D fighting game, it had to be Marvel versus Capcom 2 on the Dreamcast. Uh, I would argue. I mean, yeah, the, the Street Fighter uh, Third Strike was great. But I think Marvel versus Capcom 2 was just like insane. It was insanely good. Um, but when it comes to 3D fighters. Like, I never saw anything like Soul Calibur. That's another reason why I think I wasn't impressed with Virtual Fighter 3. Because Soul Calibur, um, it, it just was so good. Soul Calibur just, like, ran away with the competition. It was so good. Like, never did you see anything so fast. 60 frames per second. Yeah. I think it was, like, 60 frames per second. It looked just like an arcade game with all the weapons and stuff. And you had uh, Ivy with that, like, whip sword. It was just, like, I never saw anything like that when that came out. And that was something that I think most of us played back in the day. Absolutely. Um, One of my favorite fighters. I'm garbage at it, but I'm, I really enjoy it. Like I played the hell out of that in Soul Calibur 2. But it's not nearly as technical as, as like the virtual fighter games. Like you can mash buttons and win in Soul Calibur, yeah, but the, right? Yeah. Just like you can in Tekken. Yeah, I don't know. You can, I, I, can kind of get cheap wins. I just was never good at the 3D fighters. I was always 2D. Like 3D, yeah. I'm okay. But like for some reason, I can never understand another plane. Right. Well, okay. Tekken really made combos fairly simple. Like I could pull off combos really easily in Tekken. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, as you say, like 2D fighters, they just make much more sense. It's like the same combo is going to work every time. Like if you, if you practice it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like 3D, it, it was just, a, it was like a showpiece. Honestly, like Soul Calibur to me felt a lot like a button masher. I never really tried to like get too good at it, but I just really enjoyed playing <laughs> With that, with my brother, that was really impressive. And then, uh, so we, I talked about PSO briefly. Um, soundtrack to that is also the bomb. Oh yeah, that's right. Hid- PSO, PSO soundtrack, Hidden- amazing. Yeah, actually, no, no lie. That's my favorite game soundtrack of all time. And uh, when I was thinking about those other ones, I was thinking more like conventional like music. But yeah, no. Uh, Hideaki Kobayashi PSO like my favorite game of all time and that's my favorite soundtrack of all time Uh, the fighters though I have to say that there's so many good ones on there the Capcom SNK I still still think my favorite one definitely has to be Third Strike but Honestly, my favorite fighter, I technically it's a fighter's Power Stone 1 and 2. Yeah. And it's funny, I don't even think of those games when I'm thinking about fighting games. I'm thinking of those. Oh, no, like, no. I'm wrong. My favorite fighter is JoJo's, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. Which. One of my favorite ones. I love JoJo. Uh, did you get into that back in the day? Like, legit? Like, was that one of the ones you got from that store? I rented it. I never owned it. You rented it. I never owned it until years later. But to be fair, I got. I got the Dreamcast games right when they were about to shoot up. So yeah. I've I got like ledger games like Power Stone one twenty five bucks, Power Stone two forty five, uh 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 Drew's Adventure forty five dollars. Um like I got really good deals uh on stuff before it shot all the way up. That was like, the game that put JoJo on my radar. Like I didn't even know about JoJo 
before that game. And it was fun. Yeah. Honestly, it's one of my favorite fighters because it's so unique with the stand system. Yeah. Like, I really haven't seen anything like that in a fighting game where it's like a 2D fighting game where it's like, oh, wow, this actually is a risky fighting game. Yeah. It's kind of a cool mechanic system. And I really enjoyed it. And the competitive scene's a lot of fun. I love, like I said, I love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I really can't wait for them to get CPS2 up on the Mister and. That'll be the main game in my cabinet, right. for sure. Nice. It's that good. 10 out of 10 game, one of my favorite fighters. Oh, speaking of cabinets, we didn't even talk about Naomi. Like, I mean, this is like, that's, so that's like where all of this started, too. It's like Sega just owned the arcades in the 90s. Yeah. And, you know, they did with the Model 1, and they did with the Model 2, and multiple arcade systems after that. But the Naomi was like, that was the moment at which it, it really hit home. It was like, there is no need to go to the arcade anymore. It's at your house. You would play the Naomi in the arcades and be blown away. But when the Dreamcast came home, it was like, finally, there it is. it's a parody. Like, you, you have one-to-one, like, at least it felt that way. We all know that the Naomi is a little bit more powerful or has like, it has more RAM or something? Yeah, it has a bit more RAM. Like, you'd have to solder it in. And right. There's there's some things, like, you can't play Naomi ROMs on a Dreamcast. That's right. not feasible at the moment. Well, I mean, for most people, like, it's you can't tell the difference. The arcade ports were perfect. Exactly. I mean, they were pretty much, like, the same architecture. So, MVC2, same architecture. Uh, exactly. House of the Dead 2, I think it's the same. I could be wrong. But, yeah, the only one that I'm mad that we never got is any of the initial D games. Japan or arcade. Yeah, yeah. None of them ever came to the Dreamcast, and it's it shocks me to this day that... Even on PS2, you had to import that stuff, right? It's only one game, yeah. It's, yeah, one and, game. But that those games were so good. The initial D games in the arcade, you, know, yeah. you, you get your driver's license, you know, a little uh, ticket that you'd swipe in there. I actually almost did get a... I almost did trade the kiosk for an initial D machine. That would have been... That would have been fire right there. Yeah, it, it would have probably had been the, the the most epic thing I've ever done. But yeah. sadly, the guy left too far, lived too far away, and I couldn't really get to it that easily. Yeah, that's the tough but, thing with those. But hey, I I could I'll take Sound Voltex as a close second. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, um, so of course you know arcade heritage, and and I mean you know Namco did some great stuff in the arcade, but I still say like throughout the nineties, my impression was always that Sega just ruled the arcades and. Yeah, that's that's really what they brought home with a machine that like could have perfect arcade ports and have all this other great stuff. PSO bringing you online MMO before anything else did. The Sega sports games that playing online. Sega sports games looking like looking like broadcast sports like before anybody else did, and the, and the 2K series were insane. So much good. Stuff. Um, yeah. So then let's talk Shenmue real quick, and then we'll get into like the back end of the li- like the the more like okay. niche part of the library. So Shenmue like. That was a thing that was coming, and it was always coming. You know, you'd hear if uh, you were you were a younger kid, were you still like listening to gaming news or reading magazines and stuff, and hearing about Shenmue? Yeah, of course. I, I remember seeing. I actually got. I was going to ask you. I got the official Dreamcast magazine back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I would get issues of that, and really good. Yeah, I would read that. I admit I didn't get, and I should have. And now I'm kicking myself. The official Dreamcast magazine. Or maybe my dad did, but I never, I never got had it or held on to it. But I would read it like at Barnes and Noble or at Borders. You know, I would sit down and I would read the official Dreamcast magazine and get super excited for games like D two or Shenmue. You know, these big, uh, you know, high concept powerhouses. Yeah, yeah, these games that had like million dollar budgets and were going to take like a year to make or you know how I don't know. Yeah, long time. Shenmue took a lot longer than a year to make. But um, what was your impression of Shenmue? 
I've, we've never really talked about it, you and me, I don't think. The things that I saw preserved for the magazine and the way that I saw of it, it didn't really impress me back in the day. Mm-hmm. I remember watching on G4, like, or the tech TV, like they showed the, oh, the, the weird, weird games and they'd show like, you know, Shenmue and all these other games. And it's like, oh, it looks okay. Like it wasn't a game for me mm-hmm. that I would play. Mm-hmm. And then I played it years later and I really enjoyed it. It's, it's a, it's a fun and relaxing game. It's a, it's different for sure. Definitely not what I've, used to but i think if people like yakuza, the yakuza series yeah and you play it you're gonna be like okay i i i see where it clicks it's clicking for me mm-hmm. at least that's what i took from it so i definitely think yeah i mean i graphically it was definitely it was one of the better looking games on the dreamcast for sure i mean they put a lot into it and then of course the the music was really really good uh it was, it was traditional you know uh japanese and and also Chinese yeah. uh, inspired music, you know, very, orche- I don't want to say orchestral, but it was, it was like a nice mixture of the both, you know, it was very classical Chinese music. And then there was a little bit of Japanese in there too, but yeah, the, like the story, just the the story and the, it's, it's, it's easy to kind of just dismiss it nowadays because games have just come so far since then. It's kind of like watching a new hope with my kid. Like I try to try to have him watch a new hope, you know? And it's just so slow and dialogue heavy. And it's just very much about like developing the character slowly versus like that instant gratification you get with uh, Phantom Menace, right? Mm-hmm. Phantom Menace is maybe a little more shallow of a movie and, you know, but it's just right to the action, right? You know, and so games like that these days, like it's easy to take for granted what Shenmue did because because it was just a slower build, you know, and and because everything that was done right then up to that point, we had never seen before. So it's like when I watch A New Hope as a kid, I was blown away because I didn't take any of that stuff for granted. But most of the stuff kids watch on Saturday morning cartoons these days is more impressive yeah. technically <laughs> than what A New Hope did, you know? All this, yeah. Because it inspired so many things to copy it you know and it's so it's like my my son he knows most of like the i wouldn't say he knows most of the tropes like the star wars tropes yeah because they've been repeated so much in pop culture you know so so yeah um i can understand people these days like looking at shenmue and being like "Eh, i don't get it or you know it's not that impressive but yeah at the time the weather system was impressive the day night cycle which is you know like i said like now you take that for granted. At the time, it was really uh, impressive. It felt like you were in the world. You were in that town. You were like You're right. actually exploring the world. Exactly. It felt like you were doing things in the time of passing. Yeah. And, and you know, and that's what I liked about the it. The battles were really fun, you know, and, and tense. Uh, you know, driving the forklift was a lot of fun. You know, some of the conversations were pretty mundane. And yes, yeah, some of the some of the animations of the characters were a little, you know, jank. <laughs> hey, mister, you want to play, play Lucky, Lucky Hit? Hit? And of course, that's one of the best in, uh, and most enduring parts of it is the all the memes we've gotten from it. I'm looking for a sailor. Have you seen any sailors, you know? Sailors, sailors. I I mean, I even, I actually, there's a video on YouTube of, uh, of us, at e, uh, us at E3 with Adam getting, they, getting asked questions by Rio. Right. So honestly, that that's kind of funny how that's connected to me. Like as a massive Dreamcast fan, like I had, I even had shit, the voice, the voice of Rio ask me questions. Corey. Corey Marshall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you, that's right. Corey Marshall, you you did interview him. Yeah, that, that was, was like right. 2018. Uh, that right? was my first, my second, yeah. my first trip to E3. No, second trip. 
I did it in 17 and then 18, but it, it was insane. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And like, it's kind of crazy how I love high concept games. And I think the Dreamcast had a lot of high concept stuff like that, like, like semen, um, mm-hmm. like res and, and all these other games. It's, there's, there's a lot of experimental. Semen was weird. I mean, that, that is a, that is a game that my dad brought home back in the day. I never would have bought that game myself uh, my dad was really interested in the exper- yeah. experimental stuff. So he, that's one of the reasons why he got Shenmue. He was like, he was all like the weather system, you know, it's, it's, it's the same weather that they had back in the eighties. Can you believe it? And I'm like, it's still insane care. though. It's like, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's insane to think about, of course. And he, you know, was really into the whole, you know, oh, you can talk to it. You can talk to Leonard Nimoy and he's a fish, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and there, you know, I was just fascinated. There was a mic on the Dreamcast. And we, we, we mentioned that, that the N64 and the Dreamcast felt like they had this similar DNA, right? Yeah. You had a mic on the N64 and you could talk to Pikachu, right? I totally didn't call, tell yeah. him to go F himself multiple times. <laughs> but yeah, so there was some crossover there with uh, very similar. Very, very similar design aspects and stuff like that. But yeah, but yeah anyway, um, this isn't like a Shenmue retrospective, but definitely want to throw in there that uh, I really appreciate that game. It, and Shenmue 2 was the first game I ever imported. Um, did not finish it in that form. <laughs> I ended up finishing it on the Xbox version that was yeah, translated. I, I, think, I think I'm going to have to replay it on the PS4 version. And it was so good. Number two is so good. Like I... I didn't think that I could like something better than one, you know, and, and, and again, it got, has such a slow start, you know, but it ends up being really, really good. So I highly recommend it uh, if you have the time, you know, so. If you want to drive forklifts for 12 hours, go for it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So, you know, but after Shenmue um, and all those other games that we talked about, really, it's more like the, okay, Dreamcast is dead now. Mm Mm-hmm. Other consoles are taking over, and we're looking at Xbox, PlayStation 2, and GameCube on the market. And so if you're buying Dreamcast games, it's really more like in hindsight. It's more like picking them up on clearance, digging into forums and stuff like that, Getting and learning about... your weird games, going to like right. stores that imported games and see what they have on the shelves. Exactly. So like and X, it, I was a big Atlas fan, you know, and and X was one of those games that had like the same art style as the mm. Persona games and stuff like that. So that was, a, that was a really awesome game that also has some incredible music too, you know, and you, it's a first person shoot sorter it's a first person yeah. sword sorting game with a sword um but it, it's it's a sword that has a face and 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 a brain and stuff it's really weird <laughs> yeah like i think that's the, the one like there's just so many weird stuff like i know it's not obscure but mr driller is a lot of fun on that, oh, on that mr. Console. i love mr driller you're absolutely right that it, that game is fire and i think that game probably is worth a lot now right I think I think I think last time I think I picked up for forty something. Oh really? Now you're gonna make me want to go buy it. I don't own that right now, but yeah, I love the Mister Driller games. I have them on the DS. I have them on several other consoles, but yeah, the Dreamcast version is awesome. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, how trying about to see. it's about about forty six fifty dollars? Okay, that's not bad at all. I don't know why. I, I just assume I, I've been out of the loop so long that I just assume that every Dreamcast game is way too expensive now, but. That's uh, actually pretty reasonable. 
Actually, um, the, only, the only one that really jumped up to the price that I was surprised about is Sonic Adventure 2. It's like in the hundreds now when I was like 20 bucks before. Oh, I wonder why that is. I don't know. Really want it like it. I, I don't a lot know of nostalgia that. for Sonic Adventure 2, I guess. You, you, can get, you can get a battle for $40, though, which is the defend, like objectively better version of it. Right, right. Um, Tokyo Extreme Racer 1 and 2. I really Ooh, got... like So my brother-in-law introduced me to those. He He's super into cars. Genki Classics. Was into tuning, like real-life tuning and going to street race, illegal street races and stuff like that. And he was really into the Tokyo Naughty. Extreme Naughty. Racer series and this game this game introduced me to tokyo extreme racer phenomenal game you're you know rolling guy you're just like you're driving on the freeway just driving on the freeway at night it's the tokyo freeway and you just you know flash your lights on some dude and and go for a race you know and try to race to the next you know uh, flashing dudes on the freeway you know it's (laughs) flashing nothing wrong with flashing some dudes on the freeway i'm not gonna Make judgments about that. So you know, sometimes you gotta. I did say lights. I said I said lights. So they're awesome games. Highly recommend mm-hmm. folks play, and they look phenomenal. Like the Gran Turismo games on the PlayStation were really impressive looking. Gran Turismo one and two, but this game like had really really good like reflections, and it had like really good car models. And of course, it was all like those Japanese tuner cars. So tune it up. Tune you know up. that's a plus as well. So really really good games. But also not games that I played like on on my you know initial two to three year run of the Dreamcast when it was like actually a viable platform. This is all after the fact. Um, we mentioned Metropolis Street Racer, uh, Samba de Amigo. That was that was a pretty high profile game, but I only got it later because the maracas and everything like that. That was. That was a lot that's of fun. That's pretty fun. Sonic Shuffle, pretty bad. Sonic Shuffle, yeah, that's what that was their attempt at what Mario Party, but it was literally that, by the guys so that great. did Mario Party, Hudson Soft. It was by Hudson Soft. Okay, yeah, I actually my, my my son loves Mario Party, and I tried to get him to play Sonic Shuffle, and he was just like, "This is not good." <laughs> he didn't he didn't stick with it, you know. Yeah. My my question for you though is, what do you think? You, how many Dreamcast games do you have? So now you're big into Saturn. That's probably your I, baby. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm big into Saturn. I probably have probably around like 25 Dreamcast games. I don't have a lot. Oh, I yeah. don't have a lot. I, I, I have binders full of them if you want to go that route. <laughs> no, but no. Actually, I have a whole mode full of it. No, Okay, but, Mr. Romney, your binders. No, full yeah, of I didn't. Games. That's just not the horse I bet on. I Yeah, I, I went full, full in, full on Saturn. Mm. It's kind of funny how we're opposite that way because I I feel this I'm the same with Saturn I have like maybe thirty games tops of the Saturn mm-hmm. maybe but Dreamcast I think the last time I cataloged I was up to seventy one games impressive and and you Most and yet you do a Saturn podcast and you Saturn Media Network <laughs> but I mean the thing is is that I have I just that if I could afford more Saturn games I would buy more Saturn games I understand but I'm not yeah. spending a, I'm not spending fifteen hundred dollars on on uh, I mean, I do have Magic Knight Rare, so hopefully that gives me some cred. That gives you a lot of cred, yeah. So, I mean, anybody anybody dumb enough to pay that much for that? I mean, you don't need to own a bunch of Saturn games to yeah. have cred, though. So, uh, but but the thing is, definitely, like, I I love the Dreamcast. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I I can only I only have enough time to cover one console heavily, exactly. You know, like exactly, and I, and it just had to be the Saturn because that's just my do or die. 
exactly. console, you know. But but the Dreamcast is right here underneath my Saturn, mm-hmm. where it belongs. <laughs> Mine's right next to and, it, uh, hand in hand. They're holding hands. It's actually my Dreamcast is sitting right next to the N64. So I've got like both of those four controller port consoles like sitting right next to each other. That works. And the Dreamcast looks so cute. It's just this white little diminutive box. Uh, when I saw it, I thought it was like a fake screenshot. Mm-hmm. Like when I first saw it in the mags and the guy was CEO was like holding it and it looks like this time. I'm just like, yeah, what? That's a game console. Now, now of course, like electronics have become so miniaturized. It's no big deal. But back then, seriously, it was like a big for deal. A game console to be that small. It was a big deal. Really. It's like hardly bigger than the disc itself. You know, the door opens up and it's like, yeah. So door the it's floor. a very, it's a very beautiful console design. And I can't decide like the Saturn is a little, a little beefier. Um, I mean, I love the Saturn's design, but I can't deny it. Like the Dreamcast is a much more sleek design. Exactly. Um, it just but this yeah. but the controller I I cannot abide that controller. I like it. I mean I'm surprised you uh, you like the 3D controller. I'm surprised you don't vibe with the Dreamcast one. I like the 3D controller. I do. I mean I, I it, it's very utilitarian. It works really well. The the round orb thing is kind of like I don't know, I could take it or leave it. Like I don't know you could never really market a controller that looks like that as like your main controller. Really, I love the Saturn pad. You know, the, the Japanese Saturn pad yeah. is my go-to. Um, but but the Dreamcast controller, yeah, it was. I like the I like the triggers. They've got that like really tactile mm-hmm. kind of like full travel to them. Um, the D pad sucks. I can't stand the Dreamcast D pad. Yeah, don't use that. Uh, but I mean, and you know, like no, there are things I really like about it. It's just, yeah, I I. I I definitely like the the thumb trigger or sorry the the thumbstick yeah. on the Dreamcast is better than like the than a lot of thumbsticks. It's it's good. No, for real. And I love. Yeah, we really didn't talk about the my 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 impression of the Dreamcast controller is this. Beep. Like That's everybody. Hey, you know what? Yeah. With that, with the new dream, with the new uh, VMU VM two coming out, two? we will never have to yeah. hear it ever again. But. I know. I kind of want to hear forward it. to that. Like, I'm willing to buy. I'm willing to pay. Like, how? What is it? Two hundred? One hundred? Or one? It's only. Oh, it's only one hundred. Wow. Okay. I would easily. I was almost gonna say I'll pay two hundred to not have to hear that annoying beep anymore. Yeah. But maybe, uh, maybe we'll just get some get some test units. That's the it's dreaming. It's the it's thinking beep. Exactly. But, uh, I, I honestly, I'd probably keep a controller just because I like the beep. It's it's a, it's it's sign the Dreamcast turn on and ready to blast your face. Yeah. What about um? Did you ever play Quake Three Arena? I did actually. Unreal Tournament, any of that stuff? I Quake did actually 3. Quake Three Unreal. They're pretty good. Quake Three, those. I mean, like for console. That's the other thing. You had PC games that came over the Dreamcast and were pretty impressive. Like, I mean, of course, like you go side by side. Quake Three Arena on a on a four thousand dollar PC back in the day would stomp the the Dreamcast. But I mean, it was pretty close. Like the Dreamcast had really good. Power VR graphics. And I mean, you'd be paying for a $4,000 PC at that point. Right. Compared to, <laughs> right. A, compared to a 150 at the end or something. It was like yeah. one, 149 or something. They really steeply discounted the Dreamcast once the PlayStation was PlayStation 2 was out in full effect. You know, Dreamcast just got deep cuts. Yeah. Uh, I remember. And it was sad because people wouldn't even buy it then because they were just like bag on Sega because they were like, oh, they're going to 
they're going to close up shop and we're not going to be supported, you know? And that's all from that kind of like residual ill will that, that a lot of the consumers had, you know, from Sega, you know, kind of pulling that in the past, you know, 32 X and even with Saturn, you know? So that was hard to watch, you know, cause I, working retail like i would really tell people like look you got fantavision over here on on ps2 or you can have like all these great games that's the wonderful thing about the dreamcast it really it really wasn't like uh it, it really was everything it said it was. it was a great game console with so many great games there's like hardly anything bad i can say about the darn thing yeah like literally there's so many good things i struggle to find a negative thing to say about the dreamcast it's just such a great console if the only thing I could say, if I had to say one thing is like the only thing I complain is, is that it was more arcade focused. So if you weren't an arcade fan and wanted more RPGs, it might have not been the console of choice for you. Because really, there's only a couple high power Skies of Arcadia, Skies of Arcadia, Grandia 2. There was um, uh, Evolution, there was Evolution but, mm, 1 and people 2. don't really like those. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. I oh, you said Grandia 2, right? And yeah, and Silver, um, and Silver, and I don't know what else. Elemental gimmick gear that wasn't really it. Yeah, I mean, they got they got other ones like you know, uh, you know, like Sega Gaga or Random Hero or right, which we not Random get. Hero, uh, Rent a Hero, sort of that stuff. But that was all import. Yeah, import stuff that we couldn't play because it was in Japanese. I guess you're right. There wasn't a lot of RPGs, and RPGs were just like blowing up in the in the U.S. back then, uh, which is ironic because you know, yeah. years prior, like nobody cared. But, um, and you also didn't get the Soccer Wars games, which we're hopefully getting soon. Yeah, absolutely. I actually do have, funny enough, I have an interesting version of Soccer Wars 3. What's that? Um, basically, I can't remember who it was that found it in a store, but they got a copy of of, this, of a signed copy of Soccer Wars 3. Really? And it turned out to be the person that the voices Erica, Erica Moncler or something. Hmm. Um, I think it's Erica Fontaine. I think that's what her name was. But yeah, that's uh, the main female protagonist, or I guess part protagonist in that game for Dreamcast. And I always thought it was kind of weird that that uh, that I that, that they found that. And obviously, I got it. And it's on. It's actually on the shelf in my Soccer Wars display thing with the with the uh, the the Soccer Wars Dreamcast, the three figurines, and of course the signed game. Wow, cool. So that's kind of weird. It was a weird find, but I, I was like, you know what? That is a weird find. But I don't think I'd ever find it ever again if I didn't get it. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Right. Get it while you can. Yeah. So Wow. So, okay. You mentioned you didn't get online with the Dreamcast. Your mother nope. wouldn't allow it. Um, that was actually, believe it or not, one of my first, uh, well, we, we had AOL. Okay. But like we did somehow end up browsing the internet on the Dreamcast. I guess you had to, you you essentially had to, if, if you're going to play PSO, you, your Dreamcast was online. So yeah, it also came with a browser. I do remember browsing the internet in like, I don't know, 480, <laughs> 480p or whatever. And uh, in all honesty, I probably could have just unplugged. I honestly just could have unplugged my internet on the PC and just plugged it into my Dreamcast. Yeah, you probably could have, you know. And I probably would have, because I don't think it, there was a service charge to go online, right? You don't even have to pay. Oh, God. Like, I can't remember, like, if you had to have a specific provider like Earthlink or something. I can't remember what it was. It's so long ago. But. So, I don't know. Like I, I, I seem to remember that we had to have a specific ISP, or you could choose from like a select couple that were compatible. 
Because I had like literally... AOL for like years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had I had AOL definitely before the Dreamcast. We had, going back to like I don't know ninety seven. I want to say so. I had it at least a couple years before the Dreamcast came. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was a, it was a it was an interesting thing. It wasn't obviously you know it wasn't the most ideal way to surf the internet. But I think for some folks that was probably like their first you know browser. Um, I think the one that blew my mind was was browsing the internet on a PSP. I think that one is one that blew my mind for sure. And watching movies, like, well, yeah, well, oh, yeah, I, I, I watch, I watch movies on PSP online for sure. I watch a lot of movies. We're really gonna get off the topic. Pornography. But anyways, I really like. Honestly, that was one of my favorite handhelds. Yeah, I got that one as soon as it came out, and then I don't know. Uh, all my bandmates ended up playing it, like, and taking it from me on the bus. Rip. So when we were like, yeah. So then I was just like, I'm selling this thing. And I ended up getting a uh, getting a DS instead, and and that's and how history's made because that's how history's made. I ended up really getting into DS though, but um, we haven't talked about so much good stuff. We have okay. So you mentioned that it was arcade, right? It was like an arcade console. Well, yeah. Crazy Taxi, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Gotta make some crazy money, and and that's the thing. The cool thing about that is there Sega had these games that would have like amazing like licensed soundtracks, you know. From exactly from, yeah you know like the offspring that kind or of even screwed them over years later but you know pro- yeah exactly yeah because then subsequently like what are they going to do years it's later like, when ooh. they don't have the license propeller arena wasn't released but uh, sub- you know it was subsequently like folks can download the rom of it it was an unreleased game that also had a ton of cool uh music you know Half-Life uh, unreleased as well, but... Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Holy. Yeah, like, that's another thing with the Dreamcast. You have, like, these pretty much finished games that, like, weren't released and then, like, subsequently have been dumped and released, you know, due to the community. I think the, bi- the big three is Half-Life, Half-Life, Propeller Arena, and Toe Jam and Earl 3. Yeah. Those are the big three. I'm trying to think, was there anything else? Uh, oh, the Castlevania one, the one that's our biggest YouTube video of all time. It's not a full game, but yeah, you know. that that of course was a lot less finished. <laughs> but still, it's like it's. I guess it's a pretty big one. Oh, it's high profile name alone, you know for sure. Um, speaking of online, I mean, we're, I know we're bouncing around here, but speaking of online, which we just were, Choo Choo Rocket was one of those games you could go online with. It was such a simple game. Sonic Team, right? It was a Sonic. I want to say, yeah, it was like a side little side project. Sega and then DD Rocket. Team. DD Rocket, or was is it DD Rocket? That's the that's the uh, the sequel to Choo Choo Rocket or DD DD Planet Planet. Yeah, so I don't Planet. know. Like back in the day, I did play Choo Choo Rocket with the mice, you know, and the launch in the in the spaceship and everything. That was a, always a really fun and addictive game. Crazy Taxi Propeller Arena. We mentioned that Cannon Spike, as I mentioned before, one of my favorite games on the console. Um, it's just phenomenal. Out Trigger, Out Trigger. Have you played Out Trigger? There's like a kind of like an arcadey FPS like deathmatch kind of game. I actually never played Out Trigger. Really good. It's really I need good. To play it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It kind of looks generic. Like at first, like the box art look, mm-hmm. looks a little generic. Maybe even the title Out Trigger. But play Out Trigger. It's phenomenal. It's so much better than you might think it is. Yeah, I believe it has online support, like the, the servers. Yeah, phenomenal game. We didn't even cover all the great shmups. Um, shmups. Ikaruga. Oh, my God. Uh, Trizeal. <laughs> Ikaruga. Gigawing 1 and 2. Trizeal. Uh, Mars Matrix. Mars Matrix. Um, expensive game. Um, Border Down. Border Down. Yes. 
uh, some, under defeat. Uh, not, under defeat. You had some psycho games. What, what were the Gunbird two? Uh, uh, yeah, Gunbird two. Shikigami no Shiro two. But yeah, like oh Shikigami no Shiro. There you go. Trizeal though. There's one that like I don't think anybody, <laughs> at least in the West, played that back in the day. But I love that game, and it's not even like the most high profile you know shooter on the set or on the dreamcast it's just a good what you get when you dig oh, true heart of celica oh, yeah when you dig into the dreamcast library you find all these goodies like i just found out believe it or not i thought i knew every single game on the on the dreamcast and um the other day i just discovered this other one it was like i don't remember what it was called it was like a uh it was like a Ben-Hur style, you know, like you're in a one of those horse-drawn carriage things. You know, it's like a yeah. race <laughs> on huh. like a horse-drawn, you know, Roman carriage, whatever that thing is called. I forget. But um, and I don't somebody needs to put it in the comments what the name of that game was. It, wasn't there a big it was an 18 wheeler or something was on the Dreamcast too? 18 wheeler. Yeah. There's another game. Hydro Thunder. Oh, yeah. Hydro Thunder. Lots of racing games. Of course, you had Sega Rally 2. Which again n- didn't impress me as much as Sega Rally on the Dream uh, or on the Saturn. You know, Sega Rally is such a such a solid game. Like, how do you answer that? How do you one up that? Uh, arguably, Sega Rally Two is better than Daytona, in my opinion, but um, hmm. not by much. I, I don't know. It just didn't impress me that much. But Space Channel Five C Man, weird stuff. Choo Choo Rocket. We said uh, you had weird stuff like the fishing controller and the Dream Eye. Uh, which is another thing, you know, like <laughs> Dreamcast had. I never used the Dream Eye. I, I, I did have the fishing rod, though. You had the fishing rod? That was cool. Did you ever try to play other games with the fishing rod? Uh, yeah. My, my fr- yep. Soul Calibur. Play Soul Calibur with a fishing rod? My friend nice. always used that as a party trick. And it, 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 it got so old for me that it's like, it yeah, yeah, old. I know. So the fishing yes. rod, Soul Calibur, fun. <laughs> Soul Calibur. Fun, fun. Ha, ha. I get it. Tagging the streets of Tokyo in Jet Set Radio and fruit booting with the the blades, whatever they yeah they uh, were rollerbladers, right? So um, you you grind rails and you grind corrugated roofs and buses and stuff like that and try to get away from the yeah. the cops. But yeah, like I think it was it was so it was Jet Set Radio in the UK. I think it came out here as Jet Grind Radio, but for whatever reason, the Jet Set Radio it's a much better sounding title and that's the name I remembered it by. Uh, even though, yeah, like for, I guess it came out as jet grind radio in the U in the U S but when we were hearing about it before it came out, it was like advertised as jet set radio. So like, that's the name that always stuck with me and it's a phenomenal game really, uh, just dripping with style and, uh, and just the art style and the music and everything like that is just, it's an aesthetic all of its own. And it's got that cell shaded animation that really, I think that's what kind of popularized that. Like before Wind Waker did it or anything else did it, it was Jet yeah. Set Radio that did that. And I think one of my favorite things about the Dreamcast is it probably had some of the most uh, elaborate collector's editions of all time. Oh, yeah. Like some, like, like for items for collector's editions, like there's so much crazy shit. Like, like especially in Japan, like I have Comic Party right here. Oh, wow. It, like you open it up and it's a whole box. It comes with like a little poster thing. Like it came with like figurines. Like it came with postcards, like waifu cards. Like even like the soccer was so long my love. Wow. It comes with with no joke a clock. Like it has a like an actual clock that it came with. And there's just so much on. Oh, I almost forgot this fighting game. One of the best ones, Guilty Gear X. Oh yeah. 
Guilty Ooh, Gear, that game is unconventional for sure. And the de- animation in that is incredible. Uh, the sprite work in that game is incredible. So Man, what I'm just trying to, there's so much stuff. There's no way we're going to hit on every game, every good game. Oh, so, you know, we mentioned, uh, we mentioned like the Quake 3 Arena, Unreal Tournament, you know, that kind of stuff. There was also Soldier of Fortune, which was kind of like a... Oh, I remember that one was really gory. It's gory. It's really gory. So it's a PC game that was ported over, right? And I think that it, it used, I think that it took advantage of the Windows CE, you know, the embedded CE. Yeah. Um, um, and, and I mean, it doesn't run great. Okay. Like it's not, it's not flawless. Like there's definitely like, you know, you can, it's, it definitely plays much better on the PC, obviously. But if, if the Dreamcast is what you had, then it, it certainly was, you know, cause you didn't get Half-Life. You didn't get like that kind of first person shooting adventure kind of game. So you would, you did have like Soldier of Fortune to kind of ease the the pain of not getting Half-Life. But I mean, Soldier of Fortune was a really cool game. I, I played it back in the day with my brother-in-law. Yes, it was very violent. Yes, you could like shoot dead corpses and like, you could like shoot the limbs off and stuff like that and just yeah. keep shooting. And, and uh, it was, yeah, it was definitely a mature title. I mean, I think it was mature. Um, oh, yeah, it, was, it definitely was mature. But yeah, like that, that's one that just comes to mind as being like, I don't know that many games that actually utilized the, the fact that Windows, you had that kind of embedded support. Uh, but, but I think that that's one of the ones that, that did not a Dreamcast expert, but yeah, that's one of those games. Um, all the Gundam side stories. Oh yeah. The Gundam games. Of course you had them on the Saturn, plenty of them on the Saturn. You'd have them on the Dreamcast too. Yeah. It's, it seemed like we got more on the Dreamcast that was more obscure than the Saturn did. Like we got more like experimental stuff like Bangayo or all the, the weird Capcom games. You definitely, yeah, like they they got they got weird with you guys. Just like you know what, forget it. Let's I'd just- have to put together a spreadsheet to actually answer that definitively. But yeah, it seems like just going from memory, it always it just seems like Dreamcast has got a lot of really weird stuff. Like the SNK, like the the cool cool tune game. You know, like that game is actually yeah. really cool. It's got a very neat aesthetic and good music. But it's just out there, and it's not one that you would normally. Yeah. Oh, and I meant I'm like for the U- the U.S. releases we got, like compared to oh for U.S. releases, yeah, yeah, we got more of the weird ones like Super Magnetic Neo, like Seam, like they they took risks compared to the compared to the the Saturn, where it was like a lot of they like, did absolutely the Dreamcast is like Sega at their absolute most creative. Mm-hmm. They were very creative with the Dreamcast and took so much risk. It was kind of like they had nothing left to lose, you know? Exactly. Which they didn't actually. But yeah, and 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 when I said that I couldn't say anything bad about the Dreamcast, I think the one the one negative thing that I have to say is that I kind of always wished that they had just, you know, taken the L and put a DVD drive in there. You know what I mean? Like I think that I think that it would have taken longer for folks to be able to burn discs that way you know than than using the mill cd exploit and and i think that it would have been more competitive in terms of a a dvd player you know um that's the one thing i really always wish that they had done and i and i felt that way back then too when i was selling them in circuit city i was like why did they not put because matrix had just dropped and i was just like everybody wants to watch the matrix on their brand new dvd players and it'd be like oh i I could get i get this I get this four hundred dollar DVD player, or I can get a three hundred fifty, three hundred three hundred fifty dollar yeah. Dreamcast DVD player and play it in that. And it's like, well, like they might have. I admit they might have had to pay people to 
take the console. Like they may, they might yeah. have lost serious money, but they would have gained an install base and then been able to sell software. And I mean, like I know that the Sega of that era was just playing it too conservative. Like they were, yeah. they were, they'd already done that kind of thing with Tom Kalinske and stuff like that. And they just like, weren't willing to do it with the Dreamcast. And I, I really wish they had, because that that's that one thing, you know, I was thinking like, I just wish that, that the Dreamcast had, had a DVD drive, you know? Exactly. But I'm, I mean, we should be, thank, I'm thankful that, that we, that we still have it. And there's so much weird shit on the Dreamcast that, I still haven't gone through like all the weird import stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of it, but I mean, there's still like, like a lot of the weird dating sims that you know, or all like the oh the, yeah, like the one game, the one thing I do want that's on my 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 kill list is a Sega Gaga collectors Sega Gaga collectors edition. It's been on my list since like the early 2000s. I just want that to be translated, like fully translated. I know you can play with a guide, but like. I, I would love there to be a full translation. Oh, we we really we didn't really cover Skies of Arcadia much. Did you play that um, on the GameCube at all, or on the subsequently? GameCube. Um, I did play a little bit of it. I played it. Uh, I think I mentioned on the GameCube, and I did play it on the Dreamcast. Yeah, I do have it on the Dreamcast. I, mean, I still it's have a fantastic, it. On the it's a fantastic RPG. But like you said, we didn't really get a whole lot of RPGs on the on the Dreamcast. No, we did not. And uh, it was kind of a sadness, really. It is. Uh, just looking at my list. I mean, okay. So yeah, there's there's a ton of other stuff I know. Um, like I mentioned, Ill Bleed before. There are other games like uh, Carrier. Is it Carrier? There 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 are a bunch of other like filler titles. Weird cover. Like, oh, ah, Virtual Tennis. Oh, I didn't even mention Virtual Tennis. That was a big deal too back in the day. Believe it or not, like. Because there was virtuous tennis in the arcade, you know, and uh, it was actually pretty, pretty big deal. Uh, I don't think it's pretty good. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't know. Um, subsequently, Dreamcast, like I want to say, like Dreamcast had a huge translation, and um, not just translation, but like homebrew scene, like well before Saturn did. Um, it's and it's funny because Saturn obviously predates dreamcast but dreamcast was so easy to develop for you know the architecture was so much simpler and and there's so many there's there's still like a ton of like games coming out for it like oh yeah like there's fx unit yuki that's out there um i mean you go back to like pure solar i think pure solar was one of the first ones that i remember and then and then of course you had a bunch of like uh lots of shooters lots of shooters and not all of them are like great (laughs) a lot of them uh, were just like or just like uh or just like um like holdovers from uh or like just like like a a Neo Geo ports and it's like oh yeah that's yeah, cool but we already had that so it's right like, we, yeah. right so it was more like it was more like just kind of opening the door for more stuff and it has you know more stuff has come folks have like figured out how to make full three D games on it we've got uh, that one game that's kind of like the you know, with the cars and kicking the ball around kind of uh, like rocket. It's interesting. League. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, you know, what was the other one that I was thinking of? I don't know. There was another one. FX unit Yuki. Um, no, the, the one that we played a little bit of on the Saturn, it was, uh, it was a Neo Geo one too. Oh, oh I know yeah. the Xeno crisis, Xeno crisis. Yeah, of course. And then, uh, Lot, uh, you know, a lot of other stuff, a lot of other stuff has come out. Like folks have been just pouring a lot of love into the Dreamcast uh, for years, you know, and really the Saturn scene has had to catch up, you know, because we've had the architecture to fight with and 
kind of come to grips with. Joe Engine has helped a lot, and then uh, you know folks like XL Two and and Pona and Anthony Night of Dragon. You know, folks have contributed tools and stuff to really help make it easier. But you know, for the most part, like the the Saturn's playing catch up because the Dreamcast has just enjoyed over a decade of like excellent homebrew support. There's oh Shadow Gangs, that's another one. There's oh yeah Shadow Gangs, only, that's a recent and, one. and a Postal and all the stuff from Josh Broad, like Josh Broad, Alice Sisters. There's so many, so many good games that are getting ported to it. It's insane, you know. Mm-hmm. That it's it's hard to to, to like it's it just and it just keeps piling up. There's so many new horror games. There's like maybe I think it's like like four or five each year. And a lot of them are commercial releases too. Exactly. Like a lot of them are commercially available releases too. We're not just talking like with the Saturn. Really, we've yet to have a commercial release. And if we did, it would mean either including a cart to boot it or somehow cracking that encryption. You know, because again, with the Dreamcast, it was so easy to just burn a CD. Put it in you the know? back. Yeah. Um, a lot of you've got these like really nice polished pressed releases uh for the dreamcast so so much good stuff yeah i mean i can't can't say enough good things about the console really and i mean i I do love my dreamcast uh very very happy that i put a mode in it though uh i will say because that drive was just starting to grind and Uh i mean it that pot had already been adjusted to the moon and back. Exactly. You, you, can, you can get more. And I had eked as much life as I po- I think I possibly could out of, out of that drive. The last time I was doing a stream, it just, it was grinding and people could hear it coming through the mic. They're like, uh, you might want to, you might want to take a look at that Dreamcast CD drive. <laughs> I, I did the same, but my drive wasn't dead. But I, I, what I did is I actually put it in my, my GD, my GD ROM, the, 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 was it the um, Naomi GD ROM? I put it in there, and it's working like a charm. You put it yeah. there, working like a charm. Yeah. I, I didn't have anywhere else wow, to put it, yeah. so it's like might as well. Sure, might as well use yeah, it, right? So that's that's in there. It's it's working pretty well now. I don't really use it that often because I boot from the Raspberry Pi. So how many Dreamcasts do you have? Let's see. On top of my head, one, two, three, four, five Dreamcasts. You beat me. I have only four. <laughs> yeah, because I have I I have my 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 main one that has the mode in it. I have the Soccer Wars uh one. Yep. I have has, my yep. complete box one over there, and I have two other ones that are broken or used for a game like conventions. So those are the ones that will bury you with. Yeah, they'll bury me with those ones. You gotta have you gotta have a backup Dreamcast, and then you gotta have a backup, backup to your yeah. backup, right? Honestly, yeah. honestly, my Saturn stuff I'm lacking. I only have one Saturn now. I Sold the other, my original one to. You just got another one though. Well, it's coming right? soon. It's it's coming in the mail. Okay. It's coming yeah. from Japan. I need to so put a good. put a mode in it. So or mode the Fenrir in it. So hopefully, right. I'll put I'll put that in there. We'll be good to go and be able to review it. And I'll pretty much used every ODE at this point. Yeah. Because I used the Raya. I used that's true. The, the, the Raya. The mode. Actually, I didn't use the mode with the Saturn, but I used it. So it's. It's a it, loose it works well. I mean, for commercial games and stuff, you know, I, it was a good experience. Yeah. And, um, with everything that's available, though, for for the Saturn, I was just like, okay, yeah. well, I'm just going to put it in my dream. Honestly, cast. we'll see. How, we'll see sense. how the, well the 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 Fenrir works. It might actually end up being my main dream, my main ODE. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's it's definitely uh definitely getting there. We'll see how well it is. But I, hopefully, I'm hoping that it will become my main ODE because I think that'd be a lot. Of, it'd be really neat to actually be able to use it. 
and actually, you know, have an ODE that I can play like everything on because I can play like all the MPEG stuff. Right. Which that could be kind of neat. Yeah. I feel the same way. I also want to play some VCDs too. So I'm hoping that they figure out the the deal with like VCD images on the, on the fin rear. But yeah, no. Any other last things that we want to say about Dreamcast though? Like before we wrap this up, cause we're running two hours. Um, get one. If you don't have one, I, I don't know anybody that's listening to the podcast that probably doesn't have one, but yeah, honestly, like I think it's probably my favorite system to collect for. I yeah. have about 71 games. I love the system. It's my baby. And I, I just love it. I think it made me happy and I committed so many years to it. Like it's, Literally, I've had it for what nine to like, like over twenty years, right? But it it just gets better and better. I highly recommend that folks, if you haven't gotten into Dreamcast, or if you have but you don't have one right now, get one. Like seriously, they're still affordable. You, I, I see Dreamcasts pop up all the time on offer up for like forty bucks. And that's like the Dreamcast, the the cables, the controller, and a couple of games. You know, for forty like. They people still like Dreamcasts go for like relatively cheap, whereas like even the console itself, Saturn, now people are starting to be like hold out for more money. You know, like that's the thing is set just a few years ago, Saturns would go on offer up for like 40 bucks, 50 bucks. Now they don't you get people wanting like 100 or more for just the console. No cables. I bought I bought mine for 50 bucks in a store. Right. But wait, when was that, though? Probably 2012, I think. 2012, right. That's that's what I would expect. But it, but recently, just because of the popularity of Saturn or because of the lack of Saturns, I guess they've just been getting expensive. Whereas the Dreamcast, which is a phenomenal console, is still relatively affordable. Now, the games are starting to go up in price for sure. But like we mentioned, you can get a GDMU or you can get the... The bootleg uh, one or the or mode. You get the mode. Exactly. Like there are options for you to just uh, get rid of the drive, which is probably at this point going to be grinding anyway. Um, yeah. And that's the thing with the Dreamcast. You, you're you probably going to, the drives will go out. So like the fastest yeah. I've ever seen any any console. Also, you used to, it used to be really easy to get really good quality CDRs, you know, which are, it's harder mm-hmm. now. And then the burners and stuff like that, like, people are not going to be continue to be like burning CDRs like into the near future. I think, you know, just, and you can't even play certain, certain, like, like the, um, the, the, um, not the, the, um, a Thomas wave game. Oh yeah. The Thomas wave games. That's another, like you, you need ODEs. Oh my God. There are like so many good reasons to own a dreamcast for sure. Like it's like, so, yeah. you get so much bang for your buck. If you just have a, a couple hundred dollars to throw at it, you can get a, a Dreamcast with a mode in there and a good SSD, and you just have like so many great games at your fingertips. And uh, not to mention, you can buy new games. Like they're still releasing and buy new games exactly. You know, new physical I mean, games. There was on the like, Dreamcast. David did like a Cowabunga Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga collection for the Dreamcast. You know, I think there was an effort to do Sonic Mania on the Dreamcast. At least that that was in the works, right? Yeah, there, there's there's so many so much stuff. Like you can go on right now, pixelheart.eu, and they have all these Dreamcast games. They're brand new, either homebrews or ports. And like they're really good. They're really good games. I don't think any of these are bad games in the slightest. Like these are all great games. Yeah. And yeah, you can even get demo discs. Like they the guys over at Sega Sega Powered released a, a demo disc of it. And you could play that too. So there, there's so many 
different options for you to play all these games. It's insane. And I think if not having a Dreamcast in 2023 is uh, it's, it's a no brainer at this point. It's like, what are you doing? Right. I think, I think we said it a lot. The X is a no brainer, but just get a Dreamcast, play Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think that's all the time we have, unfortunately. Yeah, it's late. It is. <laughs> but yeah, so I hope everybody enjoyed this little look back at Dreamcast. It was a little, uh, you know, it was random and disjointed. But again, that's the way our memories are these days. <laughs> but honestly, from two folks who grew up with Dreamcast and enjoyed it back in the day and still do, you know, this is Saturn Dave and Trainico. Reminding you to play your Dreamcast. Play your Sega Dreamcast <laughs> and, uh, every day of your life. And also, you know, do your duty and, and play Saturn as well. But uh, but in this case, you have our permission to play Dreamcast. Play, play, every, play a Pico. There's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, all five seconds. Until next time, we'll see you later. 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 Later.